Hi there, I'm James Dapache, and this is Coffee and a Case Note. Dayton, fucking Tim. Tim, today we are going to talk about being ambushed while doing a social media project for work. We are going to talk about a superannuation fund. And this is not your granddad's self-managed superannuation fund. Um, this is a super fund managed by a trustee, has about 80,000 members and about $10.5 billion in uh, funds under management. And what happens, sorry, just getting ambushed. Um, what happens uh, is that the trustee of that trust approaches the Supreme Court of New South Wales to seek judicial advice. And you can seek judicial advice pursuant to section 63 of the Trustee Act. And essentially what seeking judicial advice is, is almost asking the court a yes or no question. It's a trustee in the course of the administration of their trust coming to the court and saying, uh, court, would I be justified in going down course X? In doing this thing, would I be justified? And if the trustee gets the advice of the court, the trustee is entitled to rely on that advice to protect itself in relation to going ahead on that course. Now, the advice the trustee is seeking today is, uh, hey court, would I be justified in paying myself some fees from the fund? Because the trustee had not previously been paid fees for its work. Let's dive into some of the finer details of the fact pattern here so we can understand what's going on. So we've got this trustee, we've got this super fund that was previously set up for educators relating to a specific religion and then sort of broadens out to be uh, made available to any uh, members who you know, pay the appropriate fees and all that sort of stuff. Um, and in the past, there's no fee charged by the trustee. Now the trustee itself is a company and the trustee holds almost zero assets. It holds literally $6 in assets in its own beneficial name. And as we know, it holds 10 billion or so dollars uh, as a trustee for others. Uh, in addition to that, um, it has kept a reserve in the trust for costs that arise for things like penalties. So if there's some allegation that there's been some breach of the superannuation fund rules and that a penalty ought to be paid, then traditionally in the past, the trustee would pay that penalty from the assets of the fund. Now, as smarter and better informed people know that, than me know, there was a Royal Commission a couple of years ago into um, the financial dealings of a number of reasonably big institutions, the Hain Royal Commission. And as a result of that, there were some changes made in the regulatory landscape as it related to super funds. And one of those changes was that trustees of super funds are no longer entitled to be indemnified from trust funds in relation to certain types of penalties. So if you'll remember, we've got our trustee who has $6 to their name, well, 10.5 billion and $6, but only six of those are its own money. And so if a civil penalty was ever applied to them, what they would do in the past is just grab some of the reserve in the super fund to pay that. What happens now is because of this change is they're not allowed to grab that money. And so they're left carrying the can for these penalties. And of course, some of those penalties can extend to the directors of the trustee as well. And the reason for amending 
the trustee. The reason for this application, remember, is that the trustee wants to be paid fees. Why should the trustee want to be paid fees? Well, it's not in the member's interest for the trustee to have to go out backwards if a penalty gets applied, right? So let's run the fact pattern. Let's say there's some penalty breach and a, <coughs> a $10,000 fine or whatever is applied. Well, the trustee's not gonna be able to meet that. So the trustee gets placed into liquidation. Then we probably need an administrator appointed to the assets of the trust. And then we probably need a new trustee appointed. And that might sound like a short, quick explanation, but you can take it from me that uh, that would be a very expensive, time-consuming process. And of course, all that money and time would weigh on the members of the fund. And so it's actually in the member's interest that the trustee is not just wound up for you know, failing to tick a box or, 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 or whatever minor penalty might arise. And so what the trustee does is seek to be paid a fee and that fee will be, the trustee says, handled and put aside in a, in a special reserve fund that the trustee will hold for itself and that it will manage in accordance with certain protocols that it puts before the court. And so here's the application. The trustee puts before the court all this sort of evidence of its commercial position, some of which uh, remains confidential and is not published because it would put the commercial interest of the trustee at risk if that information was publicly available. But in any case, all the information is put before the court. And at paragraph 130 of the judgment, if you're inclined to go there, there's a very respectfully, very useful summary of a lot of the outstanding points. But essentially, we have this trustee who's only got $6 to its name, uh, the trustee's not really in a position to uh, go and fundraise and borrow money. The trustee does not outsource any of its work. So it's not as if it can go get an indemnity from some third party who's doing its work. The trustee is doing all its work itself. And this work is high volume, high complexity stuff. And so it's hard and there's lots of it. And so the chance of a little minor infraction is a genuine one and it's a real risk. And all of that risk rests on the trustee. And those risks have just increased substantially with the change in the law following the Hain Royal Commission. And so we find ourselves in a scenario where the court is considering whether fees should be paid to the trustee so that a little fine isn't going to send the whole scenario going out backwards. The very short point is that the court considers the proposed amendment to be proper and to be lawful and the court gives the advice that it would be appropriate for the trustee to be paid fees. Uh, that is uh, as an onlooker, uh, something that uh, would appear to me based on, based on what we've seen to be in the best interest of the trust. And indeed, that is what the court found. And I hope that assisted you. <laughs> I'm still pissed off at Sam for ambushing me. Um, <laughs> but I hope it assisted you uh, in understanding um, the nature of judicial advice and how it applied in this matter. And I look forward to joining you again soon for another coffee and another case note. Cheers.